Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. My name is Neil Grogan, here with... Matt Statler. Did you forget when you're coming in there? I forgot what my name was. <laughs> Mayamo Matt. Oh, man. Well, you know, we're re- we've been really excited about the series we've been working through, this whole faithfulness and the workplace stuff. Um, but we wanted to take a do- detour for a couple weeks, just so uh, Matt and I, number one, uh, we, we have that problem where you just get bored doing stuff. <laughs> not the third we, guess we're boring, but <laughs> we are, uh, we are not faithful in planning ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we both, we both got, uh, you know, jobs and whatnot, but, <laughs> but, uh, and you know, we didn't, um, talk last week. Uh, Matt was actually, um, hanging out at the ACBC conference. Tell us about yeah. that a little bit, Matt. What is that? Well, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, they have a annual conference. And it's, you know, just a time of preaching and worship and breakout sessions and um, just a great time to connect with people and um, hear the word preached and and hone our craft as um, counselors. It's just really a great time to, to recenter on the Lord and um, remind ourselves of what, what we're doing. Uh, one of the best ones, I think, was Dan Kirk preaching about us being heralds of the king or counselors of the king and how our job is to herald the good news and um, our responsibility for that. And so that that really spoke well to me um, and encouraged me. Put a little fire in your belly. Put a little fire in my belly. Reminded me, you know, like even though things can get discouraging, um, as long as I'm faithful, that's my responsibility, not what happens to to folks, whether they change or not, or they refuse to to obey the word of the Lord. Yeah, totally. It is. It does get discouraging. You know, you're working with somebody for a long time and and they they kind of shift gears into that. I'm not going to or I won't do. I won't obey. And man, that's just sometimes you just want to shake somebody like there's a cliff you're tumbling off of. Stop. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But yeah, to your point, it's like kind of reminds me of Luke. Uh, chapter 10 where Jesus sends out the 72 and he tells them, you know, if you come into a place where there's no, where there's no peace, like they don't receive you to dust off the, your, your feet as a testimony against them, but tell them that the kingdom of God has come near and then move on, you know? So, um, but yeah, you know, Matt, I was on Amazon the other day. Um, We got four kids, you know, y'all got four kids and, and just thinking about how, different each of them is so i was like maybe i'll take a gander for some some relational family parenting books you know and much to my amazement there was seventy thousand plus books on that topic just in amazon oh my goodness like where do you begin you know and um (laughs) you know it it reminded me of just uh uh the old illustration of the standard talking about scripture as almost like this ruler, right? This standard. And when we have maybe two different pencils uh, that are different sizes based on use and we, we can, when we bring them up to the standard of the ruler, we can judge exactly how uh, long those pencils are. Right. But if we have no standard, then we're just guesstimating. There's, you kind of hit or miss, right? But even in parenting, man, if we don't 
um, come to our children and to the mindset of parenting via the standard, then we're just judging based off of what other people are doing and what other people are saying. Um, and, and the Bible gives us some real uh, clarity uh, about what a parent is, is to do and how they are to act and how, are, how they are to instruct their children, you know. And, the, well, and, the, and also the, what success looks like, Neil. I think that's oh, yeah, really totally. important. As a parent, you know, you want the perfect child or you want your child to do sure. exactly what you tell them when you tell them. Or, you know, there's various things that you, you desire. Or even maybe for selfish reasons, you want them to be quiet um, when you're watching a movie or, or whatever. And sometimes they don't. And, and so what does success look like in that parenting? Is it getting them to be quiet when you want them to? Is it? Right. Um, achieving your own comfort. So I, I think this is a really important topic just to for us to cover um, when it comes to, like you said, the standard of and the standard for success, because oh, yeah. uh, we're not just we're not just shooting our arrows randomly um, with our kids. It's just we have a purpose. And uh, what mm. what is that purpose? I like that idea, Matt. We're, we're shooting our arrows at a target, at a mark. And the Bible explains for us how to hit that mark you know otherwise where are we shooting right (laughs) right, really but uh you know matt it's got me thinking a lot about the shema prayer in deuteronomy chapter six um where you know i actually have a heart (laughs) kind of around that text in my bible because um i come back to it Very, yeah, I, it's, it's the only uh, thing I can draw, um, but but uh, it's something that I know I need to hide deep into my own soul, and then two, that the heartbeats that come from this generation of children that have come from my wife and I, right, like it's contingent on this as well, like the Bible's giving me clear instruction for what to not only model for them, but would also to instruct them in. Um, you want to read that text? Verses sure. four yeah. through, uh, you know. Absolutely. Nine. It, says, it says, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Mm. So, you know, Matt and I just kind of uh, wanted to interesting dive in about on this that text last specific. part. Sorry, so we I had think a technical we crossed, difficulty. Cross airways there. <laughs> Go for it, man. Yeah, so so at the very end, it says the city gates. And the city gates, um, I'm reminded when we went um, for a class trip to uh, Israel and we were in Jerusalem, they have little things on the doorposts of the city gates that the Orthodox Jews would go and they would touch and they would say, that they, you know, repeat the Shema. Um And so it's just an everyday thing. And so this prayer is an everyday, all the time prayer that the people of Israel uh, were commended to 
to read and to repeat and to recite. Um, but also it's a, it's a family prayer as well. And so Neil, I, I know you had some things you wanted to say, so go ahead. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, man, technical difficulties are frustrating, but here we are, right? 2021. Um, yeah, I think the the beautiful aspect of this text is, you know, there's a couple things. I think one thing is to understand, you know, Moses is the author here of the book of Deuteronomy, and he is trying to engage the people of God, the Israelites, uh, on on a wisdom level, right? He's uh, trying to get and trying to invite them to respond to God's grace and mercy with love and faithfulness and obedience. And so, man, this whole book, Deuteronomy, is designed to have kind of like three big sections. And this small section, the Shema, is kind of the centerpiece for the opening section of Moses' essentially his big, great sermon that he gives to the people. And so this kind of is, is the thumbprint of which all of it, all the rest of it kind of drives away from. And so if you think about it, uh, if we were to kind of give a summary section or a summary statement for the entire book of Deuteronomy, I mean, this is really it. Um, this is the most, this is the key here uh, to unlock the understanding for, for the whole context of the, of the book. And, and it's a generationally impacting statement. Like this, it, it, it's important for us to understand that the Shema, how we understand it, how we instruct out of it, it affects our legacies. It affects generations yet to be born, like Psalm 78, 1 through 8 kind of talks through. And uh, and then Jesus engages multiple times. Matthew 22, he's talking to a lawyer, and uh, the lawyer says the two you know, the two commandments that are important are to, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, which we see in Leviticus 19, I think verse 18. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, 1918. Yeah. So, like, Jesus is saying all of the law hinges here. Um, so this this is so vital. That's what I want to impress to us. It's so vital. And it gives us a simple picture for the complexity of parenting and the complexities of our faith, right? Yeah. You know, we, uh, as a church have been, I've been preaching through Isaiah and the very beginning of Isaiah talks about the vision of Isaiah or, um, or some type of revelation. And I think that's what we see here in verse four. It says, listen, Israel. And though the first step is to have a posture of uh, reception of divine truth. Um, this is the Lord speaking, or this is the word of God. And some of the most important truths in life, or the most important truths in life are, are revealed, not discovered. Um, right. And that's what we're seeing here is they're saying, you don't have to go somewhere else for how to live, how to parent, how to, how to do life in a pandemic or how to do life um, in exile. But you have something here from the Lord. It says, listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And it starts with God, uh, knowing who God is, knowing the character of God. So first we recognize that he speaks, 
right? He mm. speaks words, and these words are of vital important, uh, importance to us. So we have a posture of listening, of reception, and we have it based on the character of God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And we could spend forever unpacking just that line oh, itself. Yeah. Uh, but it goes into the heart of the matter. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Uh, to me, that's vitally important. It's a whole life. The control center of, of the body, the heart, is to um, be centered on the love of God, to, uh, to operate out of this desire for God, for loving Him. Uh, so it's almost like a quorum deo or a, a before the face of God kind of um, thinking that we have here is that our whole life is lived out before God. Mm-hmm. And as such, we should be reflecting his love to us and we should love others and him and it should be reciprocal. Uh, and, and I really think that's important as we understand why we parent or why we even do anything in our lives is we're doing this before the face of God for the purpose of loving him and loving others. So what you're saying, Matt, is that the Bible provides a divinely inspired perspective of human life. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And perspectives can come are complex, right? Like, for instance, we have, may have an issue of a, abortion or anorexia, bulimia or whatever. And it's, you know, where does the Bible talk about those things specifically? Well, it may not say thou shalt not X, right? But what it does is it provides... It, it provides so much to talk about those issues and to handle those perspectives. But so what Matt's saying is when we peel that back and we get to what the heart is, the control center of the human life, then we can understand how, you know, God's attributes, God's uh, character, his revealed will for us, how they affect how we understand these different circumstances or perspectives, uh, and specifically what we're kind of getting at is parenting, which is a complex, comes with a lot of complexities, right? But the Bible speaks, God speaks, um, and gives uh, clarity to that, that complexity. And not only that, but our hearts drift, right? Oh, totally. We, our hearts are, are, are idolatrous. We, we fall in love with other things besides God. Um, and that reflects into our behaviors, our thinking, um, and our desires, which is why the next verse is so important. Verse 6, it says, These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Right? Mm. These are supposed to be inside of you. You are to have them. Um, they are to, to fill up the treasury of your existence. Mm. Uh, and, and having these words in your heart is what allows us to be aligned to God to be able to um, love the Lord our God. And so the the words of the Lord is what directs us and guides us, not our, our emotions or even our reasoning can be wrong sometimes uh, when we think about, uh, about a lot of this. So uh, for me, verse six really brings out the whole, I don't know what you would say, the whole, the whole point is that yeah. God's word needs to rest in our heart. Well, yeah, so God's word corrects wrong belief and 
when we have right belief within us, we can have and ascertain what righteous desires or affections are, you know, so the heart, the soul, and what our our will should look like. What is a righteous will before the Lord, a righteous volition, right? And that's, to me, that's the with all your strength, right? So in the in the text here, we're kind of, we're, we're seeing Moses lay out this holistic approach for how we're to live life, how we are to um, walk in faithfulness to God. And it starts with right belief, a right understanding of who God is. And the first thing he wants to teach is the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hey, people who have come out of Egypt with your many gods or, hey, Western Christian with your many idols, um, the reformers like to talk about um, the things you worship with in value with your resources. Um, you need to understand there is one God and he is supposed to affect every aspect of your life, your will, your affective and your uh, cognition, your thoughts. Right. And so he gives us now. So that's what we're, you're to model in your personal walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, what, what could that kind of give us a Matt, give us like a baseline. What could that kind of look like? What does it look like for Matt Statler to model these things, to walk in faithfulness with God? Yeah, well, first off, it, it, it's a life dependent on the Word of God. Um, so for me, it's, it's reading large chunks of Scripture and then meditating on small parts of Scripture. Mm. Um, I have a, a note thing in my phone where I will read through, I think I have, I think it's four chapters in various parts of the Bible for my reading plan. And if I come across something that stands out to me, um, I will copy it and drop it in a little notebook that I have for Bible meditation. And so I'm reading through the passage, I finish reading, and then I'll go back to that spot and I will really meditate on uh, the words there. I will have it, um, I look at it throughout the day. Um, I pray it back to God. I um, sing praises. Sometimes it, it leads me to worship. Um, and then so, and sometimes I memorize it if I really feel like it's something I want to memorize in addition to my other memory. And then I try to share it in some way. I try to, as verse seven says, repeat it. Um, I try to repeat it to someone, whether it be through social media, I'll drop a um, um, a little image on social media, or I will tell my kids about it or share it with my wife or something like that. Um, but I'll look for opportunities to share the word of God. Um, and so that's what it looks like for me. What about you, Neil? Yeah, I think, uh, I think what you laid out is, is brilliant. You know, it, for me, I I'm trying to be God centric, right? Word centric, um, especially so, uh, in the same way I read scripture, in the morning, um, usually one chapter from the old, one chapter from the new. It's kind of where I'm at right now, and I'm, you know, obviously sermon study and all that <laughs> uh, comes into play too. But man, meditation really for me has been a key for a few things. Uh, one, for me to actually apply something I've been challenged in. Um, so when there's a clear application, example to follow, command to obey. I choose that to meditate on a lot of times because I'm trying to see in my life where that is awry and I'm trying to give my will over to the Lord, submit it gladly to Jesus. Um, 
as it corrects whatever maybe faulty belief I've I've had. Uh, another thing I like to meditate on are the characteristics of God when I'm reading in scripture. Like, what is this saying about him? Um, it's so vital. I think A.W. Tozer once said, the most important thing about us is what we believe about God. And I, I believe that's such a true statement. And it affects everything in my life, desires and otherwise. I'm also more apt to be able to untangle my emotions uh, if if I am word centric, if I am fully devoted is another kind of way of saying that devoted to God. And then, like you said, uh, repetition, um, repeating these things communicates. I have a clear understanding of these things, a clear understanding of these things in my own personal life. And so that's kind of modeling and then instructing but Moses goes further, right, Matt? He, he tells us where we should orientate our instructions. Uh, and he's saying, yeah, of, of course, like I think we can assume we're to instruct other people in these things. But where the Great Commission, if we we're going to Matthew 28, where it begins is in our homes. And then it goes out, right? And so, you know, for Moses, he's saying, hey, in your home, you're supposed to show what this looks like and you're supposed to teach these things to your kids repeat these things to your children in yeah. fact he says in, se- in se- sorry oh, i didn't in mean se- to interrupt you man no you're good he gives us kind of several kind of swaths of what that could look like talk about them when you're sitting down in your house like are you are you that captivated by the things of god that you will just be sitting down and thinking about them and having a conversation with your kids or when you're walking along the road, or maybe for us, that's driving in the car, uh, when you lie down and when you get up. And then really he's saying, man, put, put this truth around all of your belongings so that when your children turn their heads, they see the truth of the reality of who God says he is in his word, right? What were you going to say, Matt? Yeah, I was, I was going to tell say, um, I heard someone ex- describe this as faith talks and faith walks. Oh, yeah. Um, And so faith talks is you are carving out time in your day to teach or to explain things. And faith walks is what happens randomly as you go about your way. And so what that looks like for us is we have special time where we do catechism at our house. We we memorize. Yeah, we memorize truths about scripture. We we. Um, it's a question and answer format. So, um, the question could be something like, what is God? Or, um, and the answer would be God is a spirit. He doesn't have a body like man or for my kids. It's who made you? Well, God made me. What else did God make? God made all things. And you just go through these question and answers, which kids are really apt to, uh, to, to catch and to learn. And so as we're, we have specific time in the day to do that, or at least we try to. It's not perfect, just everyone, so everyone's clear. Uh, totally. never, never perfect, but we, we try to set aside time during the day to have a, a Bible time, family worship. Um, Neil? Yeah, it, I was just thinking, I bet if I walk over to my kids right now and say, what's your only hope in life and death? And they'll, they'll like just go... That we are not our own, but belong to God. <laughs> like That's God right. is our only hope in life and death. And that came from, you know, uh, 
really the Westminster Shorter Catechism, but New City Catechism gave a new, different kind of uh, verbiage around that. Came up with songs and the Heidelberg too. Yeah, yeah. So there are tons of these catechesis that (laughs) are very, uh, very helpful for us as we are teaching the things of God to our kids in a comprehensible way. Right? We want to make it very small and simple. We don't (laughs) so that they get it, and then. You know, more important than that, we read them scripture that talks about those things. Well, it makes you look brilliant, honestly, because someone will come up to your kids and be say, well, what is sin? And they'll say, well, sin is any one of or transgression of the law of God. And they're like, everybody's going to be like, I'm amazed that your kids are so smart. And really, you've just been going over the the systematic understanding of scripture. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it helps me as a pastor, honestly, um, to have these catechisms questions um, and answers going through my brain as I prepare to preach and as I teach because I've, I've developed a habit of learning systematically um, what the Bible teaches. But then you have the faith walks, Neil, and this is this to me is, has really opened my eyes to what I need to do as a dad. And you're driving down the road and you see a mountain or something beautiful and you can just say, man, isn't it amazing that God created this uh, for us to enjoy? And you've begun to have conversations on um, the character of God and his works. And so, you know, in our family, we found that to be so uh, helpful, so beneficial and encouraging. Yeah, they it enables you to be in a constant state of considering those things as well. Um you're driving yourself to look out at the world and to have these conversations with your kids. We do that a lot, Matt, with movies. When we yeah. watch a movie with our kids, we look for ways to uh, communicate the truths of scripture to them based on what we just saw. Like, Hey, that's an example of this, you know, um, with faith talks for us. Uh, we do this, this thing called family worship uh, you either in the morning or in the evening, depending on what the day is going to look like. We establish those rhythms. And that's where we do three things uh, as a family. We read scripture, we pray scripture and pray for each other. And we sing a song of praise because I want it. And, and this is really weird at first when you're singing acapella and you're look y- y'all I preach for a living I don't sing for a living <laughs> like I'm not gifted in that area but I want my kids to know it's normal to sing praises to the king of kings and it should be normal right so we do those three things together and man my my kids just thrive on it and it and it doesn't look like a little church you know I know Jonathan Edwards said every home should be like a little church and that's true, but Hey, they're going to wiggle. They're going to fight you on it. They're, they're going to, they're going to rebel and that's okay. The point is that, are you modeling it and are you striving forward and instructing it? Well, and, that, and that's it. You know, Neil, it's, it's funny you say that we're not the Von Trapp family singing the Hills are alive, you know, but we're, we're laughing, we're giggling. I mean, we're, we're, we're just enjoying um, God together. And I think these kind of habits, you know, sometimes it does get frustrating and we may not get more than a couple of verses into our, our passage uh, for the day. And we may not um, fully sing a whole song. We may have to go into discipline mode and, 
everyone gets disciplined and sent to their rooms and then we pray and go to bed. Um, and we, you know, we'll, we'll take that as it comes, but the, the goal is to be faithful. And I think that's what the, the target is, is to be faithful in the small things. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's my heart is to be faithful in what God has given me. And right now that's my family. And I yeah. need to be faithful here in this sphere of influence. And to do that, it's, it's really not complicated. It's to have faith walks and faith talks that are centered around the word of God, whether it be singing the word, praying the word, uh, reading the word and memorizing and meditating on the word. Um, but it's all around what God has revealed um, through his scripture. And so it's not some esoteric, um, you know, meditating and, and doing yoga or whatever it is that, you know, young, cool families do. Um, but it's it's around the word. And so for, for, for us, that's kind of what faithfulness looks like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, man, just to kind of land this plane out, Matt, um, hey, if you're listening and, man, you haven't had these conversations or you have some weariness about, man, whoa, if my kid, I've never read the Bible to my kids, um, man, start small. Okay. Think of what your rhythms look like. Um, when is your family together most often and capitalize on those natural rhythms in your home? You, it doesn't have to be, and it shouldn't be something that's prepared beforehand, but something you can do easy and, and simply. And so you could uh, sit down with a children, depending on the age of your children, children's storybook Bible and read a, read a story out of that. You could um, make sure that prayer is a, is an element that you include. I would encourage singing as well. Um, but just look at where the natural rhythms and tempos in your family's life and then begin to lead in that husbands lead in this way. And, uh, remember that, uh, to be actively looking like math, Matt said about faith walks, be actively present with what God has done around you and is, you know, reminding you of about himself. Um, d we don't really have time to waste in this regard. You know, my son just turned nine, Matt, uh, this month, earlier this month. And I was thinking, man, I got nine more years with this kid before he's out of my house. My oldest is gone. I don't have time to mess around, man. Like I, I, ha I have, o you only have so much time with your children to um, not only model for them what faithfulness looks like, but to instruct them in it. And so don't, don't waste your time as a parent while they're young children. But if you have, uh, and maybe you're a grandparent today, you can do these things with your grandkids, man, strive to be faithful in your own life and to invest generationally. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So guys, we thank you for listening to the gospel lifeline podcast until next time, Matt and Neil, we out. We out.